Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Laura Beering. She's the owner and president of True Voices, is a certified authentic life and leadership coach. A 12-year veteran of the coaching profession, she's been around the block, as they say, when it comes to careers. Before coming to coaching, she was, among other things, an opera singer, an actress, a legal recruiter, and a bank teller, a life-drawing model, yes, that's done nude, and a giant pickle. (laughs) In addition, she is an ordained interfaith minister and an artist way evangelist. Since finding her own true voice, she's been working with individuals, partners, and teams to create lives that are both deeply meaningful and downright fun. In other words, she helps others create realities that rock. In addition to coaching, Laura is the author of the Risk-A-Day Journal, 28 Days to Being You Out Loud with Courage, Creativity, and Confidence. She is currently working on several writing projects, including a book of essays with the working title, Good Girl Gone Gay, Some Not-So-Random Thoughts on Authenticity and Life. So welcome, Laura. Glad, glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's always so fun when I get to see you. So yes. I, can't, I can't wait for the listeners to get the advantage of 30 minutes with Laura on mm-hmm. the air. Thank you. So you've done lots of different creative things, and I know that you, you, know, you approach the way that you do your work with creativity. So at what point in your life did you start thinking of yourself as an artist? I really, I believe it was when I worked through the artist way the first time. And that was in the mid-90s. And I had been a professional singer for a long time by then. In fact, I um, went through a a creative block about getting on stage and and performing and um, took the artist's way, thought I would work through this little book and, you know, take care of my little block and get back on stage. And although those things did happen, I also... um, had my eyes opened and my world open up as a result of reading that book and working through it. Well, and you and I have known each other for many years. And I remember the first time we met was at a networking event. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how this came up, but at some point we started talking about the artist way and we both thought, oh my gosh, here's somebody else that gets that. Yeah, you're one of my people. Yeah, (laughs) one of my people. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you decide to start facilitating the artist way workshops? Because I know you've done that multiple times over the years. Mm -hmm. I, um... As I said in my bio, I am an artist way evangelist. I really thought, especially then, every single person should read it, work through it, make it a part of their lives. Um, and so I just started offering it uh, very cheaply, just at little places here and there. And um, it kind of took off. And then what led me to coaching was that people began to ask me to work with them privately on some of their goals, their creative goals. And uh, actually, I thought it was so clever and creative. I called myself a creativity coach. This is before I even knew there was a profession called coaching. Wow. And uh, then I fell so much in love with doing that work when I heard that there was a profession and that you could be trained and certified and all that. That's when I kind of went for it. See, I didn't realize that the artist way is what really led you into your career as a coach. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So when when you work with people that are working through the artist way, what are some common things that you see come out for them um, from from doing that particular that particular kind of work? Um, well, some common things that people face through the work or bef- what brings them to the work and then during the work are fear of failure, fear of success, they have perfectionism, they're procrastinating, they're stuck about what to what to do. Even if they're able to be creative, they have all these blocks. And um, so w- some of the outcomes that I see are typically that people are then doing their art, but also that people who don't consider this, themselves artists, like with a capital A, as she says in the book, they become more creative or at least recognize that what they're doing and living their lives is creating. Um, And so it's sort of like it puts them back, I don't want to say in control, more in charge, I guess, is a better way of saying it, of creating their lives, seeing that that is a skill, a talent, uh, an inherent thing that they are born with, and gives them permission to, to be that. So how does your spirituality find expression through your art? Well, I believe, and this came to me first through the artist's way, that really spirituality, authenticity, and creativity are inextricably linked. That we are creative beings that, as it says in the in the artist's way, Mary Daly, in fact, the theologian, said um, the way we are made in the image of our creator is that we in turn are meant to create. And I'll never forget the first time I read that. It just kind of blew my socks off that our creator isn't some big old guy with a beard in the sky, you know, that, that we, and we don't have the way we're made like God is that we have hands and feet. Like I could never really get with that, you know? And so I, I thought I can get with that. I'm, I'm created by a creator and I'm creative and I'm supposed to create. So, um, and then how it, how it links to the spirituality and the authenticity is that, well, it comes through the creator. So that's the spiritual part, but it also informs our spirits and what brings us spiritedness. Um, you know, a a life of creativity is a, a spirited life. And then, the way we go about that is our own unique way and it makes us authentic and our authenticity makes our creativity what it is that's a lot of words did that make any sense <laughs> it did okay it good did. and i know that you um that in your work you talk about divining rods mm-hmm. so can you talk a little bit about that and what that what that means for people yes um a divining rod is something with the way i define it is something within us that guides us and uh, just like in the old days they used to use divining rods for to find water or to find jewels under the earth or that sort of thing that um if we will honor the signposts basically that are within us and follow those they will guide us to the place that's ours to claim our own unique space in the global puzzle and so they are things like our desires our values our dreams our hopes um that those things are implanted if you will they are intrinsic 
to who we are. And so if we will honor those and follow them, and that's where some risk comes in because it's scary to honor our dreams and desires and values. It's not always popular. But if we will honor them, then um, they will lead us to a life of more fulfillment and joy and meaning and all that good stuff that we, we wake up and hope for. So I know you've uh, obviously as we talked about the multiple careers that you've had, you've had lots of different interests over the years and you've done lots of different things. So how do you decide which ideas you're going to pursue and how do you teach your clients to which ideas that they should pursue or how do you give them the tools to be able to make those decisions? Um, I do it better with my clients than I do for myself. I'll just uh, put that caveat out there right now. Um, With my clients, I spend the time to ask them the questions and to give them the time and the space to figure out what is most important for now um, and help them see that you can conceivably have it all. You just can't have it all right now. So you can work on your poetry and your, I'm saying this for myself, my poetry, my photography, my singing, my writing books, my, all these other things. I just can't do them all today and I can't do them all within this hour, but I can choose if I have an hour, which of these things feels the most right for me in the moment. Um, and sometimes it's because that thing is calling me and sometimes it's because of other factors like you know when we did the risk a day journal book um the thing that called me to do that right then was i by god needed to finish something and you actually signed up for a class i did that gave you a deadline to yes, finish it i did because i had all these books you know i was working on and all these all these things and nothing was getting finished and they were all progressing but um i knew that there was a part of me that needed to finish something. And And sometimes a deadline can really be your friend. Yeah. Sometimes a (laughs) deadline is actually a lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, um, I I know that you've done a number of different things. And a a few years ago, one of the, um, before you did the risk, before you wrote the risk a day journal, Mm -hmm. I mean, you were living these theories you talk about in the book, you talk about, you know, different ways you can take risk and use a lot of stories from your own risks that you had taken. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you did is you actually wrote a one woman show and performed it. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about why, why you wanted to do that and what came out of, of actually taking that risk? Mm-hmm. Well, just to clarify a little, I didn't actually write it. I just performed it. Oh, okay. So I wanted to do a one woman show and had wanted to do it for a long time. Um, creative expression is maybe i would say it's my number two value it fights with integrity those two are fighting for top spot all the time but um i wanted to do this show and i couldn't i hadn't made myself do it i mean years were passing by and suddenly i was writing my morning pages one day and it occurred to me after all these years if it's going to get done i have to do it (laughs) i mean it's so simple so uh, I just finished my morning pages, called my friend Lisa, who has, you know, who had a space I knew I could use. I booked the space. I sent out um, an invitation, an evite to 100 people and said, show up at this date. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this thing and we'll see what happens. <clears throat> and uh, so, again, you created a deadline for yourself. I did. I did. And um, sure, I could have written them all, you know, two weeks later and said, forget it. I'm not doing it. But. 
I knew I really wanted to do it, so it was a, it was helpful for me. And the other thing that was helpful was, um, I guess since we're on the air, I have to ask you this on the air. Can we say bad words on the air? You can. Okay, cool. So, um, <laughs> so Anne Lamott wrote this amazing book called Bird by Bird. And um, the subtitle is Some Instructions on Writing and Life. And she is an amazing writer and teaches writers. And I believe it's either the first or the second chapter of this book. And it's called Shitty First Drafts. <laughs> and so I call this one-woman show my shitty first draft. And so instead of write, because the thing that I didn't want to do was write it. I just wanted to perform it. And so what I did was I showed up. I had a small set. As as the day drew closer, I got more and more ideas about what I could and could, you know, what I would want to do and what I might not want to do. So I had a tiny little set, and I um, had a bunch of uh, index cards that I'd written concepts and life events and all kinds of uh, things on and I hung them up on a um, clothing line and basically and they were my whole life out on a clothesline and I just had people point to well tell us about that and tell us about that and tell us about that and it was a show and I had books with poetry that I wanted to share and so I just kind of stood up there and talked to the audience and they asked me questions and I did my thing um, well and I took a, a- improv class a number of years ago and i've used those principles all every day now. Yes. but i think that that's amazing sometimes when um when you can free yourself to not plan too much you mm-hmm. know to kind of let go of that control of you know putting some concepts down but just then showing up mm-hmm. and it, it's uh it is scary i mean sometimes i say things flat on my mouth that i wish hadn't <laughs> um but I just, I, the whole scripted piece is just no fun for anymore, for me anymore. You know, as a former actress and a former opera singer, I, I did that. And, and it was very fun for me when I was creating other, when I was creating characters. I love that. In fact, that might have been my favorite part of the whole thing was character development. But that was when I felt like I needed to be somebody else. And now I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be me. And so, um, the, one of the things about the one-woman show that I hope to one day continue is to do a series of them and have them be current. Because I didn't want to get up there and say what was true for me when I was writing the thing. I wanted to say what was true for me in the moment. And um, so I probably shouldn't say this out loud, especially recorded on the radio and all, but my hope is to to take all those notes because I got all this great feedback from the people who were at the Shady First Draft about what I might do with it and how I might change it and what stories they like better than others. And so one day I want to have my crappy second draft. <laughs> and um, eventually we might get to the thing, the real thing. Right. But Well, and who knows, maybe it'll just turn into an annual thing that you just do one a year and mm-hmm. whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah, here is where I am now. The if Shady anybody First cares. Draft every year. That's right. The shitty 2012 draft. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if you could share a story of how creating your art has expanded your awareness of God. Wow. Um, I know that whatever comes out of me, whether it be through improvisational speaking or through 
painting or drawing or collaging or really any creative endeavor if I am open to the mystery, um, then the mystery will appear. And um, it, it things are created that I didn't sit down and say, now I'm going to create this. It's always bigger, broader, wider, deeper, more than whatever little outline I might have had in my mind. Um, and for me, that's that's divine. That's divinity. That's something different than I myself could produce. Does that answer the question? It does. Okay. And do you have any kind of a, a process or a ritual that you do to connect into that mystery and that divine flow when you're getting ready to create? Um, I don't have one that I use every time. Uh, sometimes I'll light a candle. Sometimes if I have a a larger space of time, more actual minutes, I will do some journaling first uh, or read some poetry. Poetry to me is the voice is like is the soul. It's a, the language of the soul. And um, so if I can tap into that, then it just opens the space for me. Something else I do is be in nature. Um, I have a farm down in southeast Georgia, and when I can get there and have enough time to really settle into being at the farm, then lots of creative things can happen. Well, and I know that um, we're both entrepreneurs, and as busy entrepreneurs, any entrepreneur that has ever had a small business or had a business knows that there's endless numbers of things to do. Mm -hmm. There's always things that you could be doing and things that you could be pursuing and work that needs to be done. Um, So how how do you or do you consciously make time in your schedule for space for just some time to not have things pre-planned or yeah. do you schedule that time yeah i think for me it has to be scheduled cuz if it's not it, it doesn't happen um so what kind of blocks of time do you schedule really sometimes i schedule 30 minutes is the, the very least i would schedule and if i can just say i'm just going to slap some stuff on a page i'm not going to be attached at all to whatever the outcome is then 30 minutes will work if i have a a real um, product isn't the right word if i have an outcome a general outcome in mind i really need more than that and if i don't have any idea at all i just want to experience the divine in a creative way i just i need even more time so is that 30 minutes a day that you try to schedule, or is that just a few times a week? Or? A few times a week. You know, I think that Julia Cameron's right about the two hours a week, um, the artist date. And um, I don't always get that in. And so for me, the 30 minutes a few times a week is a, is a good um, substitute. Um, the other thing I, I want to say is, even when I'm not being creative in terms of doing something artistic, uh, I try to bring my creativity, of course, to everything I do. And sometimes I do have a a ritual that I don't do all the time, but that helps. And that is dancing and just putting on some music in the middle of the day and moving my body, getting out of my head, moving the energy in the room, the energy of whatever project I'm working on. And when I will do that, it will, it, it will do the work it will um change things it does it changes the energy it changes me 
um, opens me up to new and different perspectives. Even when it's like I have to call a client. I mean, you know, anything. The movement really helps. So I know I know a few weeks, I mean, a few days ago, you posted on Facebook a little thing that about the benefits of singing. Yes. Which I thought, okay, that's very cool to talk about. You know, the, the ways that singing helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of them was actually it lowers your blood pressure. Yes. Yes. And that is if you don't, if you're not perfectionistic about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, since you've done singing professionally, are you able to sing for yourself in a way that it's, that it's joyful for you? I am now. There was a long period of time where, where I couldn't let go of the, the voices about how it could be different or better or whatever. I tell people, you know, yeah, I have a match, a bachelor's and a master's. And all it really meant was I was able to put up with more administrative BS. That was the first thing that I was in school longer. And the second thing was the more I learned, the more, um, the less fun it became, the more rules and structures there were around it. And the more, um, pressure I put on myself, to be perfect. And I, I know now that's an impossibility. At the time, I did not know that. At the time, I was told by all my teachers that that is what we were going for. Um, and now, see, now I can go hear people perform and, you know, go, even go to the opera and watch. But there was a long time where I had to just stay away because it, it uh, stirred me up too much. And was it that you would critique them too much or it just brought up too much of your own stuff yes <laughs> all of the above yes yes so how is your own journey as an artist and the you know the limitations that you found and the blocks that you found and the risks that you've taken how does that help you with the work that you do with clients the main thing i think it does for me with the work i do with clients is it gives me credibility um, it's one of the reasons I list a lot of the things I've done because um, I want them to know that I'm not, I guess I'm going to use the word suggesting for lack of a better word, but I'm not suggesting they do anything that I would not do or have not tried. And by that, I mean general things like risking and uh, all of that which I do suggest, but I don't want you to think that I tell my clients what to do either. Um, that, um, you know, as a coach, I'm pulling out what's right for them rather than sitting and consulting and saying, okay, well, this is your problem. And so this is what you need to go do. But, um, the fact that I have lived a varied life, um, and I've come up against blocks and fears and challenges, I hope, and, and, that, I'm, and that I'm on this side of them, at least for now, you know, until the next one comes. Right. <laughs> but um, until five minutes from now. Um, that I hope that gives me credibility uh, to be a helping person for them. So I love in the Risk-A-Day Journal that you, um, like we said earlier, you talk about some of your own stories, and then you have a little bit of a structure for people if they want to take, you know, if they want to, if they want to commit to taking risks for 28 days, mm-hmm. that they can commit to doing that. And you've got a way for them to, you know, state what their risk is. But the thing that I love the most is that you give them the option to not take it. Yes. <laughs> and because that will happen. Yeah. I mean, when I talk, pe- tell people about um, morning pages, I say I write my morning pages every single day, except for the days I don't. <laughs> and so, you know, building in imperfection, which is 
a nod to the fact that there is no such thing as perfection. And sure, you you may learn more if you do them all 28, if you take a risk at all 28 days, but who knows what you might learn from not taking it, too. And cutting yourself some slack for the days you don't. Exactly, exactly, for being human and and all that good stuff. And I do think it's hard for um, a lot of us to embrace that, you know, we cut everybody else some slack and we cut them breaks, but we don't really do that for ourselves. Exactly. And I um, just just passed a birthday and so I've decided that my theme for this year is to be kind to myself every day and so I think you know I make it a habit of being kind to others but I'm worth it too Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be kind to myself so yay my husband has to remind me of that he has already reminded me several times (laughs) since what yesterday or the day before since just a couple of days ago (laughs) (laughs) so how has your art affected your spiritual evolution or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art they have gone completely hand in hand completely um how do i answer that question they they one is never without the other me and my shadow i'm hearing in the background of my head um that they just um as i create i am led spiritually i'm led spiritually to create it's a it's a cycle, and as long as I will allow my own authenticity and um, accept my own expression as a gift that comes through me, they they will never be separate. So can you describe for our listeners the type of clients that you most like to work with and that most like to work with you? Mm-hmm. I will do my best. After 12-something something like 12 years of coaching, I still have a hard time describing my ideal client. Um, So the people I enjoy working with the most um, are people who are spiritually minded, to tell you the truth. That's something I don't say at, like, always say at networking meetings and things like that, but people who um, have a broad view of life and are spiritually minded are um, are willing to see themselves as creative, even if they're not willing to see themselves as artists. Um, are willing to own their value in the world, um, and that might be something they don't come with, you know. But they're willing to explore the fact that they are um, they get to be treated nicely too. You know, that they that their um, their place here is just as valuable as the next person and the next person. Um, So that's all very vague. I realize my favorite people to coach um, are people who want to be coached, (laughs) people who don't want to be coached. Not so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And um, people who either have a goal and haven't been able to get there. And that generally means that there are some blocks or some beliefs that are keeping them stuck. Or people who just know that there's got to be more to life than this, but don't quite know what to do or where to go to get that. Um, I can help them go within and find those those answers. Lately, um, I've been coaching a lot more women than men, although I've had some delicious men clients. But um, I'm finding that maybe it's more uh, because of where I am in my life, but I'm finding that middle-aged women are, many are waking up going, 
what the hell? You know, really, where where am I in this picture? What about what I want? Um, and so it's very fun to to work with them because they there's a sense of urgency, like they've met, they've um, missed a lot of years when they really haven't, but they f- they feel like they have, and um, and yet they're they're stepping into uncomfortable spaces where they do need to have courage and confidence and use their creative abilities to to claim the lives the lives they want rather than the lives they've just been settling for. So how do our listeners find you? What's the best way for them to find you? Well, normally I would say call me, but my landline is down at the moment. So email me, and that is laura, L-A-U-R-A, at truevoices.com. They can go to my website, which is truevoices.com. They can also go to riskaday.com and read about uh, other women, myself included, who have taken risks and what they're learning. And on those websites, there's links for the Risk a Day Journal, yes, which is also available on Amazon and the Risk a Day Journal dot com. com. Exactly, that's great. So, is there any last thing that you would like to leave with our listeners about how they can use their creativity as an expression of their spirituality? I think allow it. Put your mindset there. Put your heart there, and it will happen. Laura, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to see you, and I'm so grateful that you were on the show today. Thank you for asking me and having me on. Excellent. And thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artasworship.net. Please come share your stories of art as worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash art as worship, or suggest an artist that we should interview. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste. Namaste.